everybody. Hello, our little ducklings. That's what we're calling y'all. That's right. You're welcome. We've come up with a name for you. Um, we are here for a Storm City Season 2 talk back. Yes, we've heard your wishes and desires and secret prayers. Yes, we listen to those. And we are here to do answer all the burning questions that uh, have been racking up in your brains about the uh, the characters and, and cast of uh, season two of Storm City. Um, yeah, let's, uh, you know what? We'll, we haven't got the whole cast here, so we're just going to introduce ourselves. And I didn't set up an order, so go. Hi. Hi. I'm Hi. Hi. Hey, no, we're all, we all have to introduce ourselves together. Everybody at the same time, I will cut it later. <laughs> Three, two, one. Hi. Hi, Hi everybody. My name is Michael. And I use they them pronouns. And I play Huckabee Faith. I use they them pronouns. She is. I forgot everything about my character while we did that. Because <laughs> and I'm Ross David Christian, your DM for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, good Whatever. fucking luck. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know us. You love us. We're all here, mostly. Um, And we're just going to dive right in because... I think we need to get to some questions. Um, my name is Dana. Uh, I am one of the players, but tonight I'm going to be the little MC uh, for our talk back episode. Um, and so I want to get the ball rolling with uh, a big question. This is going to be for everybody. I've got several questions specific for specific people, but this is one is just to get the ball rolling. The question is, what are your general opinions slash impressions of the circle of chaos after this season? Are you asking our character or, or me, the actor? You know, frankly, I would love to know both if you want to answer both. Okay. And Chandler, since you did ask, I guess, I guess I'll you're start up first, man. Um, you got, you got it. Me Chandler. I am really excited by the circle of chaos um, that we sort of have this over this larger group of villains for us to be able to like kind of like separate and attack at once and build into different varieties. So I'm, I'm looking forward to tackling that. And Taryn is, is pretty pissed off about the circle of chaos um, specifically has a, has a very personal vendetta against uh, the flame within and anybody trying to hurt Storm City. So, why specifically the flame within? Um, Taryn almost died in the okay. first arc of season two. Uh, so um, it's just like a vengeance going, thing of like going toe to toe, with toe going toe to toe with the leader of the flame within. I forget his name. Um, Gazantamin. <laughs> but Gazantamin. you hate I have him. It, I have it written down. Gazantamin. Um, toe to toe. Um, Bryson rolled a a natural 20 on an attack roll against Taryn. Taryn almost died. Puck and, Puck and Duke came in to save Taryn. So um, specifically the flame within, but like, you know, anybody trying to hurt Storm City, Taryn's got it for him. Nice. Any other impressions from season two for uh, Circle of Chaos? Uh, from Avidity standpoint, um, there is a lot of curiosity uh, 
and I don't know if I want to call it empathy or not, but there's like this this desire to really understand what is actually going on. Because um, uh, from their perspective, it is there is this goddess that was once worshipped. So what the hell happened in between that time and now? And why are these people now pissed off? And wanting to see that through line and thinking, I don't have the full story enough to demonize anything. Is it wrong that they are killing people? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Let's not do that. But, like, let's maybe try to find something to work with uh, and just, like, get a clearer picture of what's going on, what the history actually is. Oh, so Avidity isn't, like, anti-Circle of Chaos. Yeah, they're not, they're not anti-Circle of Chaos. Uh, they are, they are anti-hurting people, they are anti-killing people, but, um, I've, I'm not going to demonize them 100%. I don't know them that well. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like that tracks with avidity. Nice. Anybody else's thoughts? Yeah. So, uh, so for Drudel and, because... It's been very interesting since uh, I was only really in, like, the first couple of episodes here for the season. So actually getting to just, like, watch it and just, like, see it progress and everything was definitely a different experience for this season, too. Um, I personally always get excited, like, when we have more, like, concrete villains and everything and someone to, like, really go against and really fight again so having like a whole circle of people to like do that with the circle of chaos especially like with the flame within like fuck cults and everything so that'll be cool so i'm excited for that drudelin i honestly don't know how much drudelin knows right now <laughs> i don't know how much she's in tune with everyone I oh think no is she like of- lost in the dark or something I feel like she's kind of dealing with her own shit right now a little bit personally. Um, So I think like she's, she's with the Vanguard. So like if the Vanguard's against them, like, yeah, like she'll fight some people. Like, why not? But I don't know how much stake she actually has personally, but like Mariah thinks that this will be fun to tackle. (laughs) Nice. Um, me personally, um, I, I'm always fascinated with cults, let's be real, it's a true crime thing. So um, I like to have, I like, again, like what other people said, we had a consistent villain throughout the season, so it grows more and gives like a better backstory and like tells more what's to come in the upcoming season. I'm very excited about that. Um, As a character, uh, Ariande, uh, who is a part of a religious um, faction, um, I think she didn't know much about it, but now after like, everything that's going on she probably wants to connect more of like acquaintances that she has if they know more of this cult because she doesn't know it but she probably has friends who might know a little more secrets do you think um do you think any of your friends or contacts like are in the cult oh oh maybe (laughs) i i mean I, there's some people who are pretty chaotic, I would say. So, could be. I like that. That's interesting. James, what about you? Do you got any um, impressions for about the Circle of Chaos? Well, for me, I think it could go two ways where I'm excited and worried. Where um, I'm excited where if it's a cult, 
you know, Duke, Duke's pretty charming. I think he could really manipulate some people in there. They're pretty weak-willed. But also, they seem pretty violent. If we're going down the violent path, Duke is a very tough time with that historically. <laughs> and I have not prepared him for that. So we're going to have to beef up his armor a little. But I think Duke, um, he's just not taking it personally. I think it's just a, uh, it's just, you know, he's been around a lot of unsavory characters. Who's to say who's living the right way, you know? That's fair. I, I, Man, I could totally see Duke, like, infiltrating and then, like, leading part of the cult. Does Duke also become God? God. Duke forgets. <laughs> Duke gets so absorbed, he forgets he's, he's doing a spy mission. And he's just like, yeah. yeah. You become Down an ad- with the city. You become an you become an admin of the cult. <laughs> you live long. You live long <laughs> enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> How about you, Colin? Um, I think Puck is the kind of. I think Puck is at the point where he's like, ah, changed two or three days in my life, and I probably would have been in the circle of chaos. Who's <laughs> to say what's? It's all relative, really. <laughs> yeah, that definitely feels like a, a yeah. puck kind of vibe. I mean, you were kind of a little bit in the end of season one there for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. All right. Um, I have, I have lots of questions. Um, okay, hold up. What? How do you and Luciana, Luciana. feel? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Excuse you. You're also in this cast. I'm sorry. So. I was like MC mode. So I was like, okay, <laughs> let me host and ask more questions from people. Um, yeah, Luciana's fucking terrified. Luciana's super terrified, mostly because, and this was hinted at, and I think mostly revealed, um, she knows one of the leaders of one of the mm. circle members. So she's very nervous to find them and see them and see what they're up to um yeah she's she wants to see them more than anything but at the same time it's like it's like seeing somebody you haven't seen in so long and you're worried that they've changed kind of a thing you know like hey we were best friends as kids but now you're a murderer what oh cool i don't know how to take that um so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Anybody else have that problem? You're a murderer. Cool. You're a murderer. A gallon of PCP, huh? <laughs> wow! 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 Yeah. <laughs> what? Meth? <laughs> never, never would have thunk it. But okay. I know, right? James seemed like such a nice kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, James. You're welcome. Uh, totally joking. <laughs> um, but on that note, we're actually going to go to some uh, personalized questions. And you guys feel free um, if, like, if I ask a question and that leads to you wondering something, jump in. I don't give two shits. Uh, Colin, you can cut this part out. I don't care. Um, y'all just jump in have questions i want a very organic feel to this like it doesn't have to just me me the host asking the questions um if you think of something jump in with it we're gonna go to james uh this question um is because i don't remember who submitted it i think it was michael but i don't know um duke is leaning very hard into following union rules and is advocating to not save people unless they get paid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is, is duke only in the vanguard for the money or is there some other reason for this boundary oh it's um 
purely principle and ideology. I think it was Lenin who said that um, you can't change the system. <laughs> Which Lenin? <laughs> Which Lenin? <laughs> I believe Lenin said, I am the walrus. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's about, uh, you know, you don't bring down the aristocracy by um, losing your principles, is what Duke would say. Or the state. Sticking hard to those principles. Yeah, it's about bringing down the man overall. By forcing people to pay you money in order (laughs) to be saved? That's bringing down the man? That just means at least a quarter of the city was was going to die. I didn't start the capitalist system. I just have to work within it. (laughs) Okay. You are the enemy (laughs) that you are fighting. I am the darkness in the night. (laughs) Hey. hey, No, that's that's Taryn. That's my thing. Sorry. Sorry. Colin, what what was your can I, I, just I was in a city that is in danger so constantly that an entire organization has to be created to save it like every day, uh, and those people have to work around the clock. They should be fairly compensated. Hey, <laughs> right. You're not entirely wrong. I, maybe the system itself is broken. And, like, the people shouldn't be paying to be saved, but they should be compensated for that. That's their a good <laughs> old school Storm City Alderman right there. Yeah. Actually. Hmm. But say, for example, you're in a hypothetical situation where you have by chance stumbled into an occurrence where a quarter of the city is going to be destroyed if you don't act immediately, regardless of a contract. What are you well, I, have a fo- I have a follow-up question. <laughs> as, you later find, as you later find out within that arc, Duke, Avidity is held and kidnapped underground within inches of their life. Had you and Kita persuaded the group to turn away and leave the sewer and Avidity <laughs> died, would that weigh on your conscience? Ooh. Friends, countrymen... <laughs> Comrades! <laughs> Comrades! <laughs> Why are we dividing each other? I mean, on that, on right. that note, We're it was interesting. It was interesting in that part of the in that part of the episode where it was split down the middle, and I was sitting there going like, the the rest of this mini arc can go one of two different ways depending on which of these groups wins this argument. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. What it, did you prepare for if like they didn't if they decided to not like pursue? I didn't have as much detail, but I did have some plans in the back pocket in case that was cuz I knew going okay. in with the, with the the character Dola, I I knew like, hey, I know half of these guys wouldn't give a shit about the altruistic elements of Storm City. <laughs> okay. And I'd so, like to follow up. Um I Michael, uh, Avidity's in the union, so obviously I Save them. <laughs> there you go. You got to be in the union, though. Yeah. Ignoring Taryn's question. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Ross. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. It's fine. I guess, yeah, just to overshare. Yeah, if, if you all decided not to go not to go <laughs> save them and go and just like, I'm going to go back, it would have ended up that the, the plan would have gone off. It probably either the building may have gone down while you guys were in the building and that would have been some kind of shit show or would have happened as you re- got there. Oof. And we would have had to have deal what the story went from there. That's, that's oh a lot God. more. So the, oh, yeah. the answer is really nothing matters. Uh, it's all pointless. Nihilism <laughs> is the only way. 
Now you're getting it. <laughs> Thanks for causing Guys, uh, if you crisis. haven't heard, we are a comedy podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can't have comedy. You can't have comedy without like drama right next to it. Yeah, I guess I can. Existential dread. I guess I'll throw in yeah, an organic question here just to the cast. Like, yeah, I guess it. The, this season did go down a bit more of a darker route. I think just kind of naturally trying to introduce a mil- uh, a bunch of villains. So like, how did y'all feel about that? I know like definitely towards the end there, especially it was getting a little bit heavier than expected. Uh, how did y'all feel about that? I didn't mind the darker tone. Um, I personally loved having like a clear villain. You know what I mean? Like I love seeing that end goal in sight, um, especially one that's kind of so slippery because there's so many different sections of it that we have to take care of before completely ending it. And, you know, from my character's perspective, especially one that's so personal. So I, I, as a player, I'm very excited about it as a, as a character, it's terrifying and exhilarating. So. Yeah, I think it was cool to listen because also it was very interesting going immediately from the cowpoke crew to the circle of chaos <laughs> and like That's to true. being like dealing with that and everything's because I feel like that was like just like a very just like fun comedy Door section episode. there. It's like a filler episode in an anime. There was a, I felt like there was a lot of canon in there personally. I mean, it was what a filler episode, but it introduced two new major characters. A lot, of, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of important stuff, but at the same time, we're riding on horses and we're going out to... Which is so. awesome. Um, it was so yeah. awesome. I think, though, that yeah. that's one of the brilliant parts of the game of D&D, though, in general, is that you don't have to marry genre or tone. You get to explore naturally and especially like with our podcast of we always want to keep it light and keep it fun but we go into those dark places but all of us as performers know we sink down here we explore this darkness but at the end we have to find that bit at the end of the tunnel to hit uh just to bring it back all the way around it we always naturally do that which is so much fun to just watch and enjoy that um like very serious scene somebody comes in and just brings the levity back yeah I find feel the like, jokes. yeah, being in it and then listening to, like, I feel like I just, I appreciate y'all so much for being able to always, like, find the funny in any circumstance, too. Um, also, because <laughs> I feel like my own humor is very dark and twisted, so to, like, uh, to see that in, like, the darker moments, too, I feel like it just, it, bring, it just brings a lot to the show, and it warms my heart, so. That's probably why we're so big in Slovakia. <laughs> they love our uh, brands. Also, we love you, Slovakian flans. Did you say flans? Yes, I did. <laughs> That's the special name for our fans in Slovakia. No, it's not. Duckling. No, the I don't think. I don't think it should be. No. <laughs> just gonna just gonna say no to that. No, I like ducklings. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, this is a, a really good segue because um, a lot of people mentioned uh, the Wild West vibe from the arc. Uh, so this is a question for Ross. Um, are you planning to do some genre specific quests in the future, for instance, like the Wild West vibe that you had in, the, in that little arc? 
Uh, we can. <laughs> uh, season three is currently, uh, yeah, I've been talking to you all about it. I don't really want to go too much in detail, but yeah, we're we're going to be figuring that out and figuring what we want to play with for season three and going forward. Uh, that one was a fun one. Uh, just, yeah, digging in. A lot of that was mostly just improvised because I, I think we originally had a different story we were going to record, but we didn't have uh, enough of the actors I had set for the story because a lot of them were character specific. Uh, so I, we kind of went in a little bit blind and I was kind of basically me and Brittany were kind of working back and forth. Like since she was bringing in a new character, her and Andre uh, with uh, Karma and Greg still love that joke. Got um, oh, my, oh, God, I just got that. <laughs> everyone from the 90s finally got that joke. I actually I just got that now as well. I just got that one it's too. great. It's great. Uh, but anyway, yeah, of kind of working off of them and just, yeah, I think it was just Brittany canonizing a lot of gangs and things that we haven't really canonized in the world. And we're just establishing this lore. And like, we're like, yeah, why not? Just outside Storm City is like, it is farmland. And let's say that, yeah, it's more of a wild western territory. Why not? And yeah, I wouldn't be against exploring that because we kind of did a little bit too with the little flock cluster mini episodes too kind of going a little bit down a slight horror uh storyline for a little bit and the uh, the flame within arc too kind of going down those routes so i would say definitely we've been doing that a lot this season uh with playing with genres and i would love to do that with future arcs yeah what did you guys all think of uh of playing with different genres or do you feel like storm city has its own particular feel that can't be intermingled um, I think that it's, I think it's fun. Like, why not? Uh, especially too, I feel like taking the different sides of it too, with like the idea of, yeah, being when we're in the city, it is more of that like noir feel like it is like the traditional storm city. And then to taking it outside of it, what can there be? Because so far all we really know, we know storm city and then we know, wild west now so what other worlds are there like what ross was saying i'm excited to kind of see that play with it because also i know that all of our characters too with our backstories we say that we don't come from the city we say that we come from other parts like um i know and like she said that she came from farmland so what would that look like and so yeah it'd be interesting that's true is there anybody uh at least any anybody in the cast who's here right now um, is any of your characters from Storm City, like born and raised? I would say me. I'm yeah. more, a very more urban. Um, grew up in more of an urban environment. Yeah, I could see that. It's not really come up yet, um, but part of Taryn's background is that he did grow up, like, and spend a lot of his early years in Storm City, mm -hmm. and then left a bit, and then returned. Um, that's okay. all I'll say about that right oh. now. If you'd like to find out more, watch Batman Begins. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> In no way are you wrong. Watch, no these, way. That a wrong watch these episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't what about? like 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I know it came up a little bit in the Wild Wild West episode, but uh, Avidity is from like a proper farm, but uh, they still lie to everyone and tell them that they're from the city, born and raised. Oh. Yeah, 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 you, yeah, you do. Yeah. I, so as yeah, far as people, that. as far as the Vanguard knows, I'm, sure. I'm a <laughs> Storm Cityan. Interesting that you bring that up because in a um, in a session zero for for what would <laughs> later become set um, the the framework for Trader Motel that I did. Don't, don't ruin the I'm secret. Not, I'm, not I'm not ruining it. I'm just saying that like we've we we. I and the rest of that cast, who is also here, mm -hmm. um, for that little like practice sesh, did get to discover something about Avidity's home life. And their real voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a spoiler! <laughs> oh, well, oh my fine. god, I don't remember this. What the fuck? The DM does not remember this either, so we'll have to Neither talk of you later. Were in no, no, <laughs> it was for Trader, know, it was for Trader I Motel. I know. This was like I the session for that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, only James, yeah. Olivia, um, Mariah, Mariana. Mariana. You are Mariana. I had a friend named Mariana, and I had a brain fart. Leave me alone. Okay. Do better. Um. No. Sorry, oh my god. Okay. What, Dana? Dana what was saying, James? I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? Um, I think I had something I was going to tag on, and now that I just I, I put a It'll come back. in front of your chain of yeah. thought. Maybe the my backup apologies. Chandler. I definitely called Mariah um, Mor Moria one time. Like the Maya Moria. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> I, I have issues with ours. Person, I can't. You know, I I have a name. I'm like um, cool. Just outside of just outside Storm City is the Mines of Moria. It's canon now. <laughs> Please don't well, sue us, Tolkien Estate. Since we're harping on Mariah right yeah. now, uh, the next question is going to be towards Mariah. Um, right. Dridlin, uh Okay, actually, I have a two-parter. Okay. First off, you mentioned just earlier that Drudelin's dealing with some personal stuff, and I would love for you to elaborate on that. But also, Drudelin showed a soft side when dealing with a runaway kid, and what's up with that? Where's that coming from? Yeah, so dealing with a runaway kid and everything, uh, it goes a lot into Drudelin's backstory. I don't mind sharing a little bit. Uh, Drudelin's secretive, but I don't. That's fine. Let's make oh, yeah. her You're wholesome. not in character Why right not? now? Come on, spill yeah. the beans. Um, yeah, so basically, Drudelin growing up, um, grew up like on countryside and everything, really did not get along with her family. Um, and when she turned, I think I said like 14, basically she decided that it was her time to run away uh, because she wasn't getting along with her family so well um, and everything. And like stole a bunch of stuff from them and took that on herself. Um, especially I said like Drudelin like had a very term term whatever term oil. Yes. I couldn't say that word all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> relationship <laughs> uh, relationship with uh, her own like father and everything. And that did cause her to eventually uh, part ways but I also think Drudelin just completely 
going away from her family and everything in that she take kind of takes like a bit of like heartache with that I think that she does still think of her family but she thinks that it's too late like it's been too far gone now she left on such bad terms that she doesn't know if she can ever go back there uh mm. so to, to have that kid uh go and like leave their family and everything and not want to go back Drudelin kind of just took that on herself because it was very close to her own backstory in there um okay yeah so you and got like that, I, that you felt personal I felt very personal in there uh that's why also in the episode I kept asking if I'm related to them because it basically <laughs> sounded like my story uh with uh like being also being raised by elves and everything and being seen as like much younger being like the one half elf there and um and yeah, and then also for what Drudelin's doing right now, uh, we do know from one-off episode, Drudelin's on the run from the mob, so kind of part of my thinking is just dealing with a lot of, I kind of took in my head, she might be dealing with stuff from them right now, might have needed to lay low for a little bit, maybe she is looking into her family now also after that episode, uh, how, we'll see. Can I ask, how old is Drudelin? uh drudelin is in her 20s now like but like young okay. side so i'd say like she's like i think i put like she's like 21 22 okay um, so it hasn't so, been like 10 years yet no it's been i would yeah like six seven okay. math you know do you think she so wants she, to see her family again maybe i don't know drudelin has intense daddy issues i don't know what's going on with her <laughs> as i said before emotional damage yeah. emotional damage that's i keep saying it'll be very fun when drudelin and greg finally meet that he's like actually a good dad <laughs> to his oh. what, what is that gonna do to her and it's fine oh no <laughs> dm writes <Yeah>. notes as I figure out the castings for season three on the fly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, all right, cool. Uh, I'm going to open this up to another big uh, broad question for everybody. Um, which part of Storm City do you all uh, want to explore more of? Because it is very interesting. Like we're we've kind of started seeing sections of Storm City. Um, is there any? And if our audience hasn't picked it up by now, our our uh, I think I can spoil this, right? Storm City is slightly modeled after the city of Chicago, Illinois, in the United <gasps> States. What? Chicago. I know. What? It's crazy. It was pretty uh, on the nose in episode one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Michael so name drops Joliet. Uh, yeah, so many. Could obvious. be could be any suburb of a major city that is in the Midwest and by a lake. Oh my god! But anyway, so we all know it's uh, it's uh, modeled after Chicago, and I've really enjoyed seeing uh, a lot of the North Side. Um, but I know Luciana would love to explore more of the South Side as well, um, especially partly because that's where Grug is. And Luciana wants to go see Grug all the time. 
but what about y'all? What are what other areas of Storm City do we have have we yet to explore that you really want to? I mean, do we have? I'm 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 very bad at geography. Do we have a sports team? Have we gone through their? We've talked yeah. about it. We've, I don't remember what it's do been have, mentioned. I, I think I've named like, like three different like three different names. Storm City yeah. Griffins, I think, was the yeah one. the yeah, Griffin yeah. Wings, which is the the XP for the Blackhawks. Uh, I have to look over my notes for the other ones, but I know we've established the Cubs and I think the Sox. I don't know if we've established the the. We might have already bears? established the the bear. Yeah, yeah, I think the bug bears. I think is as the is the Storm City bug bears the football team. Oh, I like that name. Um, yeah. I'll I, mean, I had to check my notes quick for the other teams. <laughs> if you'd like to stand by, otherwise. Yeah, I. I, I know mean, we've be, name dropped them. I I know it'd be fun to like actually explore the stadiums or do something around them. That yeah, I was oh, like, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also just really just. Um, anywhere Cheryl is, I just oh, yeah, I Cheryl. want to just get another <laughs> party with Cheryl episode. See what happens. Maybe it's more like metropolitan, like downtown areas. Um, maybe just at some dive bars with Cheryl, you know. But Drudelin never got to meet Cheryl, and I think that needs to happen. So if we can get uh, Rebecca Brown back, that would that be awesome. <laughs> I know it came up in my Chronicles episode, but I still really want to explore more of like um, the downtown uh, speakeasy poker scene that's going on. Like that good, sexy, smoky noir. I just feel like we haven't touched on that yet, which uh, is what I made Avidity for. Uh, So I'd love to see more of that. Nice. Um, Duke would like to keep crawling across the music venues, but um, I would really like to do like a little spoof of mostly Naperville. Evanston, if it makes more sense, but <laughs> good uh-huh. uh, Naperville roast. Going to those uh, rich suburbs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A trip to Elvinston. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Elvinston. <laughs> Anybody else? Chandler. Actually, this this makes me think of, this actually brought on a brand new question that I have. We know that Taryn, like, lives in a very nice place in the city. Yeah. Does there is there a location of that? Like, where is that located in the city? That is located in the Upper Rapids district. It has been dropped. It has been name dropped at least once. Okay. Um, yeah. Which is the Upper Rapids district, which is the code for River North. Okay. In Chicago. Um, yeah, he's got some pretty sweet digs because I was gonna say swanky, swanky digs. Penthouse. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd like to think it's probably like the penthouse, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have yeah. your own manservant. So, I do, I do. It's not, so not where's as big the as cat mansion, cave? But, uh, right now, no cat cave. Uh, there's the phantom zone. There's, there's <laughs> the, there is the phantom zone, but Taryn, Taryn doesn't go there anymore. Taryn's not. Um, they don't we never really nailed when i was in talks with bryson that was never nailed down though the location of uh the phantom zone and where the phantom is and we're gonna keep it that way for a while yeah (laughs) secret secret even i don't know wait that's now i want to make a droodlin's mission to go try and find taryn's secret hideout just because that's that's fun (laughs) 
I mean, Terry doesn't have a secret hideout. It's it's all it's all in it's, my penthouse. It's his it's dad's all. clubhouse. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> what about you, Colin? You got any uh, spot in the city that you want to explore? I I want to see the bean hatch. That's what I want. <laughs> oh, whoa. yes, 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 yes. I think that that was like legitimately one of I, I Ross. I don't know if you remember this, but one of the first fucking things that we talked about when we were like even initially just coming up with the whole concept of the show. I was like, "Yeah, let's do it in Chicago. Maybe make the bean hatch at some point." <laughs> I mean, I don't remember that off the top of my head, but yeah, that was probably in the discussions of all the various adventure ideas we, mm. me and Bryson, had in the in the back pocket at the time. Yeah, not to mention there's a giant skeleton of a T Rex just sitting in the city, waiting oh, yeah. to cause some havoc. There's some lion anime objects though. If Luciano looks at Susie, can she then wild shape into her? <gasps> oh, I feel like yes. Dinosaurs are beasts in the in the monster manual. I feel like that's a yes, but I yeah. would defer to the DM. <laughs> <laughs> the DM. Let's go to the field. <laughs> Let's go to the field. Well, technically, Let's go the Plains the Institute. The Plains, the Plains Institute. Institute. There you go. Plains Institute. Oh my god! Did we go to the field in the first episode? Yes, yeah, that was or, episode yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really explore too much oh, of it outside yeah. of like the the atrium, really. Oh, yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. that could. Secrets. There's a lot of yeah. We've kind of established a few of the the places here. Like we finally really explored yeah the the Relda Observatory in this previous the previous mm-hmm. uh, season here, mm-hmm. kind of expanded yeah. that a bit from season one. But yeah, like there's still all the other ones. Yeah, the the Plains Institute, the uh, the gallery that Kita had only been into in their Chronicles episode, uh, the Clawset Aquarium is still yet been visited. Aquarium, could so be many, fun. so many different places that yeah have been established, but really haven't been anything outside of a facade so far. I think I find. I think Luciana finally has a swimming speed for her wild shape, so aquarium would be a lot of fun. <laughs> um. Okay. This next question is for Colin. Actually, this episode is coming out after the finale, so there's no spoilers here. Finale already premiered. It. As the finale has already been. <laughs> finale we're recording been out. this. It's out. <laughs> it's been out. I. That's. But that's why I'm saying. Cullen, is Puck really retiring? And if so, what does retirement look like for Puck? Uh, yeah, Puck's Puck's gonna leave for a while. Uh, like maybe come back. I mean, who knows? But uh, Puck probably won't be in season three. Uh, retirement for Puck. Uh, he's gonna move out to the suburbs. Uh. <laughs> Live in you those know, fancy find... mailboxes. Yeah, I'm gonna find yeah. one of them fancy mailboxes. <laughs> <laughs> Just live out his days, uh, bothering uh, Zephyr to go get her car fixed and whatnot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Puck's uh, Puck's moving on. Um, yeah, he's 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 done what he needed to do. He's accomplished his his goal of like trying to get close to his daughter. So. 
Yeah, okay. we were talking about we were talking about that a little bit. Uh, go ahead, James. Yeah, Duke has a, a, some questions for uh, Puck, who he hasn't seen in a while. <laughs> <clears throat> so, how come it took? Uh, how come throughout an entire season you did not fess up the money you won during the drag race? And does that at all influence your decision to leave the city? Did I? <laughs> did I forget to say that? Uh, yeah, you. We, or we had a whole plan. You were going to go to the drag race. You were going to make some bets for us. We were going to split it. Came but back, I, not a I, word. Puck and a lost. Whole season passed. Puck didn't win. Oh. That. <laughs> That's a lie. That's a lie. You can't fall no, on metagaming you fix like that. that race. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Puck's left some retirement gifts for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Except Taryn. <laughs> <laughs> Puck's absence is the gift. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah, I talked to uh, following up beforehand. I was uh, mentioning Zephyr. I did point out to you, Colin, and I thought it was really interesting uh, that we kind of had a callback from the first episode uh, with you and Zephyr talking. Because in the first episode, uh, you and Zephyr had a moment, and it was very stilted and like hard to get through. And then listening, seeing that journey between the beginning of season one to the end of season two, where it took you dying in front of her spoilers for her to realize how much she felt about you and i thought that was really fucking fun as an acting moment Mm -hmm. no yeah it was definitely that that was the point where i was like oh thank like thank goodness puck did come back because like i was like oh he's dead so i'd already started thinking the new character (laughs) and then i was like Okay, cool. We can we can finish out the character arc in a way more satisfying way. <laughs> like, hey, maybe Puck will come back or send a letter every now and then. Who knows? Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I didn't even think about that when that happened. I'm like, oh, man, yeah, that would have just been a character arc of Zephyr's that just kind of got left hanging that she'd just have to freaking live with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, for me, fully complete character arc. Uh, I was just like, yep, it's... We're good. <laughs> That's nice, though. So you feel like Puck's character arc has just, like, finished and kind of he did what he needed to do. I think, yeah, this part of his story is is over. I think it's his time with the Vanguard is um, is completed. Nice. That's awesome. Um, this next one is for Olivia, actually. Oh, wow. Um, so we found out in uh, in Ariande's uh, solo episode that she was kind of inserting her independence from the convent. Am I correct mm-hmm. in that assumption? Yeah. Okay. Um, so since she has asserted her independence, uh, is she out of the convent? Does she still live with the nuns? What's her plan? Um, I think she really would like to, like, not be micromanaged a lot um which honestly i don't see that because uh she always have watches her back and she knows that they're right behind them and then they scatter away that's why she's very paranoid because you know they're always watching so um i hope we have a way to like communicate where she could break free um but i know they're like not the kind of like evil kind of people are like you can't come back here and like when she like if she needs a place to stay they're like open the doors for her like you know they're they're nuns you know 
give you a home to sleep in and they raised her so i think she just wants like cutting that string for them to not monitor all the time but it's going to be a very hard bumpy road for that okay does anybody else get the feeling that these nuns are like all super spies? Like they all used to work yeah. for Secret Service or something? One hundred percent. Yeah. I think that the <laughs> nuns are either like they're part of the mob, maybe they're also in the circle of chaos. We don't know. Like Ooh. I think that there's something dark we never... with these nuns for sure. Yeah, Here's the thing. none of you guys if... haven't. I mean, Michael? yeah, we haven't really dig into them yet. Ooh. Uh, here's the thing. If this was like uh, filmed or in any visual medium, like a comic book or something, in every single scene you would see one nun in the background. That is what I think of the nuns. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun thing. Yeah, really introducing that too with uh, finally getting to explore that because yeah, the, we've we've established like so many like the little mini factions that like haven't gotten even explored like. Especially, I think one of the things as the DM I wouldn't mind exploring would be a lot of the mob stuff because there's a lot of mob stuff in everybody's backstories. And so at least I was glad exploring that in your episode, Olivia, of, you know, of of a faction out, really two factions outside of the vanguard and the circle of chaos being the, the, the group, the convent of the nuns and the mob that are just kind of this background entity in your backstory. Um, Yeah. I, yeah, I hope, st- oh, go ahead. No, I was like, I really hope uh, for like when we get to season three that we can have like more NPCs, like everybody from the Vanguard who can talk to them at least. Because I just see they're like a lot more like chaotic group. Yeah, I'll be excited if the nuns if the nuns become like a big group in the van within the mm-hmm. Vanguard, like that we work with or something that'd be kind of cool yeah that would be a very interesting clash of y'all being very chaotic group versus the nuns being very very strictly lawful style group um the nuns don't want to meet drudelin like this is that's gonna be a bad situation (laughs) nuns are gonna love taryn now that the now that puck is left the nuns are comfortable moving in All right, this is a question for everybody. I really want to know what is everybody's wild theories of what's going to happen next in season three? I like crazier the better. I think Ross, you are gonna... not allowed to answer this. Opening oh. the notepad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, wait for I was everyone say... else to write season three for Ross. <laughs> Someone's going to join the cult. I think someone's going to join the cult within the Vanguard. Um, I think that Taryn and Avidity are going to finally realize their love for each other. And um, it's going to be very wholesome and sweet. They're going to have their first date. And they're going to make out. (laughs) (laughs) Her eyes just shipping hardcore. Off of that, it was a lot of fun to listen to the 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 first part of the finale the finale arc and hear everybody like talking about Taryn and like ask a video hey what do you think about Taryn and that was <laughs> that was just fun to like listen to and be like oh. <laughs> um I think I think things are gonna get serious 
Yes. I think the Circle of Chaos is going to show a big strength of force and like take I'm I'm envisioning like buildings falling down and like some pretty large scale destruction. Oh damn. Might end up happening. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, it al- that almost happened. That almost happened, happened, but I'm thinking like... It almost yeah. happened already, yeah. Yeah. I also think someone could actually die. Like, Puck almost did, but okay. I really think it's a possibility. Season three, someone in the Vanguard will die. I think that this Davy Jones fuck is about to take my soul. Like, oh, I, I think see. that's what's yeah. gonna happen. I think, like, I just took Puck's place by accident in death. Yeah. Mm. <gasps> mm. Turn in a yes. make out, and then avidity gets taken. <laughs> yeah. I said oh this before God. off off camera. Michael, thank you so much for giving me such beautiful, beautiful plot hooks. For real. Always. <laughs> I think the Vanguard's in with the cult. The Vanguard didn't send us after the car. We're just coincidental. That's a good point. We that know. would be And the Vanguard's got nothing, um, I don't know. Yeah. Other than got, uh, which the of the circle no do you think they'd be? The um, the, the big bat. I guess the, the, area, the cabal. Probably the big cabal, you know. The, the circle of the, the elements here. or whatever. The element ones, They're going to yeah. be the circle of land. Is Maybe the even with the head nuns. Here. We don't know where this goes. We've never, we've never, we, we still haven't gotten to explore like the upper, upper echelons of mm-hmm. the, the secretive vanguard. Do we even oh, really true. know who we the Vanguard is? Like no. 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 Do they respect no. our union? I don't think we they really acknowledge don't. our union. Which is why Well, they keep paying liner. me my uh, sewer fee, so they respect something. <laughs> it's being a scab. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean that at all. I'm sorry. You charge dying people for money. But when I say hey, I was in a sewer. That's the line. I split I was gonna split that money with the union. <laughs> I love you so much. Uh for my theories, uh <laughs> Ross and I have already talked about some things, so I gotta I can't say what I would. Oh. <laughs> Some shit might actually happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, don't um, do spoilers. I think that uh, Taryn and Avidity are going to have a baby and name it Kilgore <laughs> Jr. <laughs> Kilgore <Yes>. Jr.? <laughs> yeah, because Kilgore is going to come in. Comes from uh, the cult. There Kilgore, <laughs> Kilgore is revealed as one We're of We're going to have the crossover episode <laughs> of... Kilgore, yeah. Kilgore, we're like, here's the leader of this circle. Mm-hmm. And Kilgore just walks out. What's up? I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> I say a little prayer. Kilgore and Becky, those are going to be the two big reveals. <laughs> <laughs> Becky Stevens is everywhere, y'all. Like. For real. Becky Stevens uh, is part of the church. <laughs> Would Kilgore be born in sort of like a nativity scene? <laughs> I think I think you guys are gonna meet uh, uh, a a wacky pirate man. That's Ooh. is that your next? No, that's too wild. No, that's too wild. Come on, I'd, no. I'd be down for a, a swashbuckling advan- adventure. You know, yeah, I would love to see a pirate episode on the high yeah. seas of the deep. Yeah, I love a gunslinger. Um, I think that's gonna make Duke very jealous because one of his adjectives is piratey. So 
Same. Okay. You wouldn't like to go Dude, be a pirate? I just approach... I... He's going to approach it with hostility. James, like, I can I just tell you thing. right now? I was like, oh, an, an iPad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have two. <laughs> <laughs> He's had on the other eye. One left eye, one right eye. But if we're spacing each other, it's the same eye. <laughs> Where'd you go? <laughs> one long bit. <laughs> All right, this next question I've got is for Michael. Um, Michael, we've got some pretty revealing information about uh, Avidity's patron in the finale. Does Avidity know if their patron is good or evil? Do they know or do they care? And do they have any idea what the patron wants? Yes, um, Avidity has... uh... Uh, an actually really close relationship with their patron. Okay. Um, uh, um, Remind so, me what the patron's like, name is. Uh, yeah, the patron's name is Kor. Uh, they are a genie, uh, um, uh, which is the elemental of air. Um, and so what happened is, like, uh, Avidity got this pact with Kor uh, because he or sorry, they inadvertently uh, won her in a poker game um, and, like, stole her and ended up freeing a bunch of people, which Kor was a huge fan of and was like, hey, if you keep doing good in the world, I'm going to give you magic powers because she took one look at them and said, oh, I can fix you. (laughs) Um, As many a woman has said in the past... (laughs) Because Avidity truly is, like, left to their own devices, a greedy little shit who has no care for anyone in the world except themselves, uh, but through this pact is, like, learning to be a better person, uh, first by the act of just um, going through the motions to get more magic, but then eventually it becoming habit. So, uh, yeah, they, they're very close. Uh, Avidity knows that they're good. And kind of has this sense of, like, I know I'm being manipulated into, like, I see what you're doing, but I want the reward anyway, so I'm going to fucking do it. Okay. So it's the cat who knows the treat's coming and is still willing to do the trick because they want the treat. Exactly that. Exactly (laughs) that. All right. I like that. That's why Avidity likes Taryn. (laughs) 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 i mean mean, to that point i think that it's the most shocking thing for avidity to even consider that of Taryn, because genuinely at first it was like who is this absolute stick up the ass goody two shoes (laughs) who fucking does this and now it's kind of like okay i see it I mean, a lot of that was touched on quite expressively in the uh, the, the the not newlywed game for the live stream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. We we love a good. The newlywed game was fun. We Very revealing. <laughs> Killer on the knees. Oh, was that? I was fine the whole time, you know? I just, Glad everyone I else had fun. Yeah. <laughs> I just love. Did we win, Dan? No, I think we lost no, very Tividity badly. Won. Tividity, Tividity won. Tividity Who else would close. win that game? 
<laughs> it's almost like Fix. it's rigged from the start. Fix. What? <laughs> well, to the other half of Tividity, um, this next <laughs> question's over to Chandler. Um, at the start of most episodes, we see that Taryn has been doing some investigating. <laughs> Why doesn't Taryn have a life? <laughs> Taryn's life is absorbed with the pursuit of justice. Um, and specifically, if we're if we're talking. Which are, are we asking why Taryn specifically is always or is always researching, or are we asking why Ross has used that as a narrative <laughs> device to start episodes? Hey, you're the character. You got to justify those choices. Oh, I mean, again, Taryn was almost killed by Gazantamin, the leader of um, the Flame Within, and so I took that like very seriously for himself like he saw that as like a personal weakness it shouldn't have happened i my failure put up two other members of the vanguard into danger that's not and so he's like i need to fix this i need to get them i need to hunt them down so it's he's this has really become like a personal thing of i need to take these people down okay. so that's why taryn is constantly researching cults the flame within infernal anything okay as well if i may oh please michael just as taryn dives into this work and like uh, there there is this uh throughout the seasons in the play um this almost isolationist factor that taryn has of like pushing people away does he ever like stop and examine that and if so like how does he feel about his relationships to the other people within the vanguard um i'm gonna say no it i taryn has not slowed quite down enough to really take stock of their relationships how how their research is affecting any relationships they have um taryn just sees this as all like the utmost importance of like safety for the city and personal relationships have um, through Taryn's upbringing kind of like become very, very, very secondary um, to the point where like Taryn didn't have like necessarily a lot of friends growing up. Shocker. Oh my God. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's, That's put a spoiler tag for that. Surprise, so surprise. Um, does that answer your whole question? Was there? Yeah, that answers it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, <clears throat> okay, this is uh, back open to the larger group. Um, where do people want to see their characters go? And I'm going to say that this could be physically... <laughs> Or, you know, emotionally or psychologically or your story arc? Where What are you hoping for your characters? Just do, like, one or two things, because I'm sure we all have, like, 12. Uh, I really want to see Drudelin do a takedown of the mob so she doesn't have to run anymore and get that story arc. Oh, shit. Yeah. I would love to do, like... <laughs> 
some badassery and just start to, um, yeah, maybe take it down from within. I don't know. Find other people that are also connected to it. See what we can do. Um, but I think that that would be a really cool story arc uh, to see. And I think there would be like a, f- a lot of fun dynamics in there as well. That would be very cool. Uh, I, I'm really excited to explore um, the absolute guilt that Avidity is going to feel stepping into season three of, uh, I still have that orb. I lied hardcore yeah. and that got my best friend killed in front of that. his daughter. So I'm <laughs> very excited to explore the, all of the good guilt that comes with that. Mm. In my little uh, solo episode, I had built a lot of uh, very important relationships. I played a little matchmaker at one point, and um, I hope those those come to pay off when we're undoubtedly at war with the Vanguard and the cult. <laughs> um, if the path that happens at the church is they are good, I would like to do a team up with the nuns and see and do an all out battle against the cult oh my god i this is i this has now become my favorite thing that i've ever visualized of just a bunch of monk nuns yeah (laughs) with all of the vanguard (laughs) versus like the druids of chaos or whatever like that's gonna be like end game (laughs) yeah uh i'm really kind of looking forward to whenever we bring back um, Terran's adopted father, Elias, and and the whole concept of the Phantom and how we'll kind of use that because the, the Phantom can kind of exist as both antagonistic and helpful as far as like with Terran and the rest of the Vanguard. So I'm like, I'm intrigued to how we'll end up using that and what kind of confrontation there will be between Taryn and his dad. Everybody's All the players issues. exploring their daddy issues. So many daddy, daddy issues. issues yeah. in the show. Yeah. So many daddy issues. And for clarification, is this the Phantom of Lyric Opera? <laughs> no. No. We, the Phantom itself has not been explored in the main show. And like this, I feel like we'll talk about when we want whenever ross ross whenever you do want to introduce the phantom i want to talk to you about what honestly yeah we'll probably because we'll be doing some one-on-ones going into season three so we'll, we'll probably we'll probably have some discussions about the phantom and who knows who else might be donning that identity i was gonna say i don't think i've heard the phantom yet so yeah I'm i've heard of the phantom visage not the phantom oh, visage completely visit. different thing <laughs> um, listen to Taryn's solo episode if you want to know anything about the Phantom. Oh, oh I thought I did, but now I can't remember. Listen to it again. I'm gonna have to, <laughs> I guess. Jesus, have to. Yeah. Um, I think Puck is gonna take up golf <laughs> <laughs> and then quit after like less than a hole because he it's stupid. Um, sure. I feel like we got to do like a 15 minute episode just on Puck. Puck at the golf course. course. <laughs> they, they don't make them pixie sized. 
Oi, it's pretty bingo. discriminatory. Bingo. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be at a mini golf course. No, we go to the uh, golf course like a- and then we also see Troy Anderson all of a sudden at the golf course too <laughs> from Trader Motel. Troy. And then it turns out Troy's oh actually gosh. really bad at golf. I think uh my my new character. Uh, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see them join the vanguard. Um, I, I guess I, you know I'll do a name reveal on Ooh. that. Uh, Lucas Caliban. Yeah. Ooh. Lucas Caliban. Lucas Caliban. Lucas. That hmm. cool. Interesting. I don't like them. <laughs> Lucas. They're going to steal my soul. Maybe. <laughs> Lucas. All right. Maybe just your, <laughs> just your breath. <laughs> I get it. Okay. <laughs> For those listening from home, Michael just did a big zoom in bit. <laughs> yeah, Michael's good for those. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, this is another a big question for our whole cast. Um, comparing seasons one and two. Um, in season one, we had several guest players come in. What's it been like not having guest players this season? What do y'all think on that? Yeah, I, you know, I never really took note that we didn't have guest players on this season just because I've also like, we've also been recording a bunch of other stuff that did feature guest players. So I didn't even notice that storm city specifically was all in house. Um, it is it is a lot of fun when you're when it's just just us and we know because we're like in a sense of that we're experienced playing with each other in in improv improvisational setting so i i do enjoy that there's obviously i enjoy playing with guest stars as well but um yeah like this is just this is like our special show that we like really our first thing that we came up with so like exploring and fleshing out other world this season on our own terms i think was good yeah i think it felt like uh with each episode there was uh it was easier to sort of develop our relationships and build off of our own games because we weren't learning somebody new and helping them with their arc um but i do miss playing with guests because i love i love people and all the new energy that they bring to the table um so yeah yeah i i I mean (laughs) um i mean it's always nice to bring new people on but it's good to just be us to develop our characters more and bring out like a longer arc and see what we want more with us i mean it's fun to play with new people but like you want to like go through like the right path of what you want with your character. Mm-hmm. Introductions would... take a while, don't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to listen to Gabra's introduction again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying, Mariah? Um, oh no, just to see like um, past guests that we did have from season one, everything uh, and everything. Like to see some of them maybe brought back too for season three. See those same characters coming back. Um, like Nico Chef character, I think would be a really fun one to bring back. Um, yes. Or to yeah, bring all. I love Cheryl. I just <laughs> that was one of my favorite episodes of all time. I would love to bring 
uh, Rebecca back too for that. Um, but yeah, just to kind of see like past guest characters and because I think like they did add like a lot of stuff to the story in season one. Um, so it was fun to play on the world as well. So it'd be cool. Nice. Yeah, I don't, I really like, it's hard to, hard to tell. I guess, I, I guess I, I mean, I really like playing with guests and then it also feels good that after a couple years, you know, we, I can go a few months without, like, I don't feel like I've played with Michael in a while. And then we play once and then, and like, it's, it, we were, we're back, which is even smoother than like when we started type thing. So I think it's a good way to spread it out. It's fun. And then it's more fun to play with other people again. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, James, since you were the last one who talked, I'm going back to you. This is something that I personally have been wondering because I just don't know. Is Duke, like, still working in the city? Like, is he still a bard or musician or whatever, like, just playing nightclubs and stuff? I think um, like he'll pick it up if they, if they like, if they're, you know, if he's sitting there and they're like, go play. He's like, all right, all right. But, um, you know, without guarantee of pay or like a contract <laughs> solidifying that. He's not, in the, he's not in the musicians guild. That's just a hobby. That's, that's for the love of it. <laughs> oh, he does it for free. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> We're currently uh, there. <laughs> uh, Duke no, is the guy credit. that always brings the guitar to the party and, like, what? This old thing? Oh, you want me to play my guitar? But he what? doesn't play Wonderwall. He does not play Wonderwall. Anyway, this <laughs> is <laughs> Magic Wall. Oh, plays the rest of Oasis's entire music <laughs> list, but never Wonderwall. <laughs> Yeah, that was fun. I thought it was fun, like doing that at the end of season one, giving you a, a magical instrument and be like, "Let's see how much fun James has with this." Yeah, that was. Thank you for running that. That was a good time. I think that's the only one I got my uncle to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> that was just because uh, he was James on a plane. Uncle, if you're listening, hi. <laughs> oh, thank you for listening enough. to the second ever episode. <laughs> <laughs> James, your solo episode was the first episode my brother ever listened to because we were driving and I was like, oh, we have a new episode out. I'm going to put this on and you're going to oh, have yeah? to listen to this. <laughs> I hope he assumes every episode is just like that. I mean, he's, he's listened Vanguard to all stand of Long Night. Oh, now he's in. Oh, okay. Well, I hope I made a very jarring adjustment. <laughs> I felt like your episode, James, was a great example of how you can talk your way out of any combat encounter between that and the giant from the Underdark and the yeah. other arc that y'all like. It's yeah. it's what I and love I, most about Duke. <laughs> yeah, and I realize that, I mean, like, that's probably not as entertaining as, as the fighting, so I get everyone's got to do the fighting, and I probably should have armored up a little heavier. I don't have a lot of hope for Duke this next season. There's only so much other <laughs> I can do. Um, I no, think, I though, like... that there's something so much fun about, like, finding the social aspect within the combat encounter yes. to talk your way out of it or trick the opponent uh, yes. into doing something else. There is so much joy that comes with that because that's the possibility of this game. Yeah, mm. I feel like there's a lot to be said about non-combat encounters. Like, they, I, to me, they make this 
game what it is like they make it interesting because who knows you don't always have to fight the thing you can always try something else you can convince them instead to get back with an old flame there you go (laughs) (laughs) um okay uh this next question is going to be for the group and i was really hoping that our two new members uh would be here so we could ask them what they think but i want to ask everybody else so far what do you guys think of gareg and saran daddy saran saran sorry oh <laughs> shit all right it's been a couple weeks it? saran it's saran sorry saran okay what do y'all think of uh gareg and saran Gareg's so cool. (laughs) cool, He definitely gave off like cool professor vibes to me, for sure. I I texted Andre while I was editing the episode. Uh, I love how Gareg approaches everything with the incredulity and fascination of Steve Irwin approaching a crocodile. (laughs) 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 Well, you you see... uh, Mind the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I loved uh, Gareg's episode with the cowpoke. Like that's also, I feel like one of my favorites in a while uh, that I listened to personally. So I'm just, I'm very excited there. Um, and then, yeah, I'm super excited. Also, I love Blake just like fully being like. Um, yeah, like, this character's really dumb, so... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's gonna be a blast to play with. <laughs> like, also, like, the fact that Andre, like, chose such a smart character and then Blake chose such a dumb character and those are the two characters we're bringing in is fantastic. We need to I see love them that. together. I love that. And oh, hey, for the first also... time now, the, the Vanguard has two tanks within two We have two actual episodes. tanks. Yeah. We have actual <laughs> tanks yeah. on the show. Thank God. Yeah. I also I'm very excited to see how it affects the dynamics because it feels like uh, Saran is like uh, very much so like a typical agent of chaos with the rest of us, but uh, Greg is bringing in this uh, responsibility and this dad energy that we have not had or seen that I think we could all use, and it's going to be so interesting to see just how we vibe off of that. I'm especially interested to see how that like. The dad's sense of responsibility, plus the Terran stick-in-the-mud sense of responsibility, <laughs> uh, coalesces, like, if they're ever in the same episode, and just the games we can play with that. Ken, daddy issues. Almost all the characters. <laughs> I don't have daddies. I don't have daddy issues. I might have mommy issues. Almost yeah, I got, I got yeah. mommy yeah. issues. Fuck yeah. was yeah. the daddy issue. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> the character is the daddy who daddy. is the issue. <laughs> I guess uh, to add a follow-up, uh, mentioning two, there are actually three, because, I, I mean, I can confirm that karma will Karma's be returning real. down That's the line. Yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, just putting that there, what are opinions on karma now of Brittany's first character that is going to be more of a recurring character? Uh, Karma's a fucking badass. Um, <laughs> and I'm so glad they only faked their death. <laughs> yeah. We, that was actually really cool. We were so, like, we all fell in love with karma quickly. And, like, because mm-hmm. Brittany did such a great job building an amazing personality for this character, but also like a very deep backstory. And we're like, we're not, we didn't know what kind of plans Brittany had, but we're all collectively, we're like, we are not letting you kill karma. 
Yeah. You are surviving this episode. God damn it. Yeah. One of the funniest moments, I think, was near the end. Like, Brittany starts talking about, like, oh, you see in the papers. And all of you were like, no! (laughs) Yeah. I remember because I was listening to it with Andre when it came out. And I remember, like, turning to him during it. I was like, karma can't die. Like, I know Brittany's bit. Karma can't die. Like, Mm -hmm. no. So I'm very excited to see see karma come back. Come back, karma. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, No, but... I I am very excited to have like karma be reoccurring. Um, a just for all of the beautiful bits that Brittany Brittany fed us that episode <laughs> of like w- establishing that one of the boss lords is like a beholder named like Jeff Steve. I don't Jeff. fucking know. Jeff Jeff it Jeff. It is Jeff the beholder. Jeff the beholder. He's got a like, really good disguise. To... No one. Sh- it's just. It's just the beholder's equivalent of those Groucho Marx glasses. <laughs> 90% but sure it's a beholder, but like, yeah. Never be sure. It's not positive. <laughs> uh, but just also very excited to like continue this, uh, uh, this like weird comedic spy espionage uh, bit that we've got going on with her. I'm really excited to see how that will continue and grow. Nice. Yeah, so three promising new members of uh, the Vanguard, hopefully. Although, have they officially joined the Vanguard? Saran did. Yeah, I think Greg and Saran. Karma's technically more of a more of a an auxiliary freelancer. Yeah, freelancer. That's fair. Friend of free agent. All right. So this is going to be our last question of the night. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear all of your guys' answers. What was your favorite moment of season two? This could be like for your character, just listening, whatever you think. Favorite moments of season two. Um, I got it. Um, What's up? Uh, the fun group. <laughs> no! Yeah! Yeah, Taryn joined the fun group. Fun group. Taryn joined the fun group, but Drudelin still. Drudelin is 100% a part of the fun group. She's so cool. She's so fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, going off of that, that was really fun. That was really fun to like do too with it. Just uh, Drudelin becoming the Brita of the group. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was very fun to listen to, I will say. After Andre listened to that episode, he texted the group chat and was like, Drudelin's the Brita. Yeah, <laughs> I was mad at that. <laughs> um, also, a uh, moment that I just love, and again, the Cowpoke Crew episode with Gareg, just the minute that, I forgot who it was, but someone told like Gareg, like, karma's in danger, and then Gareg yeah. just yelled, danger, and went like bustling in. <laughs> That was Taryn, and I was like, I, I need to, how do I approach this calmly? Because I know Greg is going to overreact to whatever I say. Yeah, just, I, that had me cracking up on the train. It was great. Um, I really uh, respect how upset Chandler and Tim would get anytime I would say it was Monday, just offhand. (laughs) (laughs) They just would never, you could tell it was really ruining their day every time. I appreciate the commitment. 
I love the fun group. Uh, I I think <laughs> there was a one of my favorite moments in that little arc was when like right after Taryn and Puck got out of the uh, cave or whatever it was, and Taryn was like. Thank you. And then Puck just had bubbles come out of his mouth. <laughs> uh, but that's, I, I'd say my actual favorite was Avidity going into the, the cowpoke uh, bar as Jonathan and oh seeing Jonathan and just being like, <laughs> what is going that on? Was brilliant. <laughs> I, I texted Michael at like the moment I heard that, um, the Spider Man meme. Uh, i guess i'll chime in yeah as you know dm i guess i have a few but probably my biggest one honestly as the dm finally dropping all seven uh high members of the fucking circle of chaos That had been brewing for like the better part of a year. Yeah, that was <laughs> a getting, big lore dump. Just getting to do a nice little exposition episode. An entire episode <laughs> of just lore dumped for y'all to work with. This is from everything a... I've been working on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like outside of that, probably my favorite moment as dark as it was, was the the finale episode and that, that interaction between Puck and getting incinerated and subsequently getting brought back um because i uh, while i know this is a comedy podcast and i love we do this i always like having those gut punch dramatic moments maybe it's just the actor in me or director in me that just loves those moments um but that was such a fun one to role play um being able to go down there and bring it back Ross, in a, in a similar, my, my favorite moment that I keep coming back to in a similar vein is from uh, that first arc of the fun group where um, Gazantum rolls a nat 20 on an attack on Terran and brings Terran down in one hit. Um, and kind of like how scary that was, like, oh, we're doing, we're getting serious now. And. Mm. Puck and Duke rush back into the area and heal heal Terran and save him and get him out. And I was like, I was like, oh, this is, this is good teamwork. Yeah, I, you're I lucky really I wasn't the moment. Like, <laughs> you're lucky I wasn't the one DMing because I have a personal house rule: if you get taken down to zero but not take, killed outright on a nat twenty, you suffer a lingering injury. <laughs> so I might have made it I mean, worse for you. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely left a psychological injury. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's carried. That's for sure stayed. Um, so look forward to that in the future, y'all. <laughs> that is interesting. <laughs> um, I think that, like, my... It's not a moment, but, like, my favorite thing about this season was just Puck's arc. Um, and it, like, I guess if I had to pin like a specific moment down, it was sitting in the bar, like before the final mission of just watching Puck, like turn over this leaf of like, oh, I'm actually not drinking tonight. Um, I'm actually like now trying to do better. And just like kind of watching that, um, arc snowball into completion throughout the rest of, uh, the episodes I thought was really well done and very moving. 
That's so cute. All right, well, that's all the time we got, everybody. So thank you for the questions. Thank you for the answers. Ducklings, we hope you enjoyed um, our little talk back from uh, season two of Storm City. Um, uh, we got some uh, stuff on social media. Colin, you want to tell us about that? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Um, everybody, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Tiny Duck Media, where you can see all the freshest memes and hear all about our 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 new projects coming out. Um, I think, yeah, uh, not sure when we'll be putting this one out, but um, yeah, it'll be out when it's out. It's all yeah, good. it'll be out when it's out. So I don't. You're know listening to it now if it's out. out. You'll, hey, go go you'll listen to Mork Borg. That one's fun. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen to season one. Listen to season two. Out. Hopefully yeah. season three is going to be coming out soon. Uh, so get hyped um, because I'm going to kill avidity. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Not if Taryn stops you. Oh, no. I'll cut that part out. Would Taryn... <laughs> Of to save Avidity's life, of course. Taryn would save everyone's life. Um, also well, that's not special. Avidity, listen to Sexy Murder Drama High. Um, yeah, yeah, check out Sexy Murder Drama High for Tividity. I think Sexy Murder Drama High Three might have like the most amount of like fen- phenomenal bits that we've had in an episode. So definitely listen eat the to crumbs, that. guys. It's good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Have a fantastic night, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. 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 Crack. 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 Crack.